to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. We're doing it. We're doing it live. Welcome, everyone, to the Gym Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Holy cow. Week two. Welcome, everybody. Week one's in the bag. It's an exciting week. And this should be an exciting show because we have a guest here today. The one and only hailing from, from Tennessee. Maladroit, take the floor. Uh, I'm Maladroit. Uh, you may know me in person as Preston Pack. Uh, either will do. Uh, yeah, and I'm a new student at the University of Tennessee. Um, very excited to be going here. Not so excited about the football quite yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgive you for going to Tennessee because you are an Oklahoma State fan. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I have a wide web of family allegiances. Uh, I got Tennessee family, Georgia family, Arkansas family, Auburn family. Uh, so when I started watching football, I just decided to leave all that behind and instead watch a team that actually played football in a fun way. Well, there you go. Hey, Paul Feinbaum went to Tennessee, and he's not really a Tennessee fan. So <laughs> That's I am, you know, now at Tennessee. So that's exciting, uh, though. That's exciting. Primary second. All right, so we're going to start off this episode. We're going to quickly recap. Um, we had some very interesting takes for week one. And a lot of, I feel like, um, I don't want to give us too much credit because when we have multiple takes, multiple multiple people on the episode, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, you got this, got this take correct because we're getting so many takes. But I feel like we did have a good general pulse on what was going to happen on week one and what's going to happen with the season. Um, if you notice, we literally did title the episode Chip to the Championship with it's the true. UCLA. It's true. UCLA being LSU by multiple touchdowns. I was very proud of that prediction. I thought they came out. They looked very good. I mean, um, they did look good. I was impressed. And I, I actually pretty disappointed in LSU because I, I kind of had them as like a fringe top 15 team in my mind. Looked, and- uh, UCLA looked good in, in the trenches. Yeah, which is surprising, given that it's UCLA. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there were a handful of games that I I, wanted, I don't want to say we called, but we kind of at least predicted that, that they'd be, like, good games. North Carolina, Virginia Tech was one of them. Obviously a pretty big upset there. I called Notre Dame and Florida State being a close one. Felt good about that. That ended up being, like, the game of the year <laughs> so far. And, what about Georgia and Clemson? Uh, that I feel um, kind of disappointed I was, in. I was, pre- I was pretty wrong about Georgia and Clemson, but that's okay. I think, like, I I chose Georgia winning, but I think the biggest disappointment beyond anything was that that was such a bad game to watch. It was just not fun. I think we were all all so hyped up on, you know, it's going to be the greatest quarterback duel of the season, DJ Leongalale versus JT Daniels, and then they come out and score 13 points. I know. Yeah, that was pretty disappointing. Okay, so... Um, we're going to go one game at a time, I guess. Um, we're going to go through some games that we just think are interesting just to see what I guess, uh, what happened. Um, not necessarily upsets, but yeah, games that are kind of like on our radar for this week. It's obviously not as big of a week as last week, though. I I think there are a couple of like low key games that like might actually end up being pretty good. So we're going to try to predict that, shall we say? (laughs) Yeah. We're trying to get, like, a big pulse of the season. So, yeah, so, like, a few games that I'm looking forward to this week. I guess I can start it off, if you're cool with that. Uh, Probably the number one game I'm looking forward to is number 12, Oregon, at number 3, Ohio State, Saturday morning. 
Uh, I don't know. To me, like this, I'm hoping this is kind of this ends up being the game that we hoped Georgia Clemson would be. In terms of it being like a really high scoring, high energy, fast paced game between two potential playoff teams. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think on paper this should be pretty close. What do you think, uh, Maladroit or Randy? Well, personally, uh, we've talked a lot about how we've talked a lot about Ohio State and how Ryan Day has literally not lost a regular season game. So I think this will be a really good test to see how he's going to do out of conference in a big out of conference game with Ryan Day. Um, and we've hyped up Oregon a lot, so I'll be very interested to see how he does. Malatrate, I know you're a numbers guy. Um, do you have any predictions on how this one's going to go? really intrigued by what I'm looking at here is Oregon's front seven. Uh, I think Ohio State, they have, you know, they're mostly a good team. I think, you know, pretty solid all around. I think we saw that last year, the secondary was the thing that, you know, came up short against Alabama, and we could kind of see that most of the year, really. Uh, I think this year it might be more about the, the you know, that offensive line uh, keeping uh, C.J. Stroud protected in the pocket. I think especially against a team like Oregon, if they have, you know, Noah Sewell, maybe, Kayvon Thibodeau, we don't know if he's going to be playing, but they have a very interesting pass rush there, and I, I don't know I don't know if they're going to pull the upset. I think they might make it more interesting maybe than uh, the spread, I think, is 14.5 points. I think yeah. that's a little ungenerous for Oregon. I think they're going to cover that. Yeah, so he, didn't, he didn't look too impressive in his first game, but I mean, it is his first game, so we're going to see how that goes. That's the thing for me, because like, I, I, I fully predicted Ohio State just knock the doors off of Minnesota, just run up the score, you know what I mean? But it just felt like, especially in that first half, Stroud just didn't look... A very close game. It didn't look that hot. I don't know, maybe we're just used to like extremely elite Ohio State quarterback play, and CJ Stroud just like might not quite be you know, at that same level. So I'm really looking forward just to seeing how he responds to like kind of a lackluster debut. You know what I mean? Kind of it's really going to depend on how he does. For yeah, sure. I think so for sure. Cause Oregon, we know like they're pretty talented, you know, they can probably keep up in terms of scoring. So I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to this game. A game I want to bring up is a very interesting one is Western Kentucky versus army. And the reason I bring this up is uh, Western Kentucky's quarterback has is Bailey Zapp. And he is a graduate transfer from Houston Baptist, and he had a record performance in his debut as a grad transfer. He had, what, seven touchdowns? Yeah, he had seven touchdowns and 424 yards in his debut performance, and he really came out strong. So I will be very interested to see how he performs against a team like Army, because Army is a very good above-average group of five team. So I'll be very interested to see that game. That is true. I didn't, I didn't realize he had seven touchdowns. That is pretty crazy for your debut. Army okay. is good. As you were saying, like they're kind of like low-key. I feel like one of the better G5 programs, at least in the last five or so years. I know we play them later on in the season. And I'm actually like kind of afraid. <laughs> also, in CFB Maine, in CFB Maine, we have this thing that's called a wizard bet, which is... You have to bet the line and add seven to the bet. Um, and that was my bet for this week, was that I think Western Kentucky is going to beat the line plus seven versus Army with Bailey Zapp. I think they're going to blow it out of the water. That's bold. Yeah. Malage, what your thoughts on this? One thing that interests me about Bailey Zapp, 
Um, I know he was in FCS last year, but the other thing is three of his four games, LA Tech, Texas Tech, UNT, he was playing what is basically an FBS schedule, uh, and he was really, really good against that schedule. Um, I don't know if, you know, last week uh, against, I think, an FCS team they played last week, I don't know if that's going to, you know, imply he's going to throw seven touchdowns a game going forward, but he's definitely going to be, he's going to have a much more explosive offense for Western Kentucky than they've had in the past. Going to be interesting to watch, I think. Should be. I do think Army wins that one. Yeah, that should be good, actually, now that I think about it. Because Western Kentucky also is, like, another pretty decent G5 program. So, should be a good G5 matchup. Um, sort of keeping it here, uh, I guess, in the Midwestish area. My next game that I'm kind of looking forward to is Washington at Michigan. It's a Saturday night game. Now, listen, everyone's laughing at Washington. They're kind of the laughing stock of college football right now because they lost, obviously, to an FCS team. And on paper, that loss was embarrassing, but consider this. Montana is no joke. They're actually, a, they're actually a pretty solid FCS team, at least in the last two or three years. And in my opinion, Washington just kind of like beat themselves on turnovers. They had three interceptions. They actually dominated in terms of first downs, time possession. They had more yards, fewer penalties. To me, if Washington can just like clean up the interceptions, I think we might have a pretty decent game. One that people aren't really thinking about, but I could definitely see Washington going to the big house and sort of disrupting Michigan's entire season in week two, which would be a pretty cool redemption story for a team that just got humiliated on a national level. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is definitely one to watch for me. Um, Michigan looked pretty good, I think, uh, better than I expected against Western Michigan in the opener. Um, a little hard to take away a lot from that because Western Michigan, they had, they're built around their passing attack and they had Sky Moore, their best receiver, go out very early in that game. But, you know, it was the sort of win Michigan should have. Um, yeah. This also, I think, people are going to look at it as the sort of win they should have. Um, I think they will come out ahead. Um, I think, you know, we're probably going to have a lot of interesting things to say about Jim Harbaugh no matter what happens in this game. But, <laughs> That's what I'm most interested in, because I feel like if they do lose this, like, it feels like every year Jim Harbaugh's seat just gets warmer and warmer and warmer, and I, I sort of question if this could be sort of like the straw that breaks the camel's back, because I feel like at some point it has to happen, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to get canned eventually, and maybe I'm just putting all my chips on the table too early, but I feel like this could be one of those games that really just, like, gets the ball rolling. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that'll be yeah. very interesting to look at. Um, one game I also wanted to look at was Coastal Carolina versus Kansas. And I know it's Kansas. I know they are a dumpster fire Power 5 program. You know, it's Kansas. Um, but Coastal Carolina, they went undefeated in the regular season last year. Yeah, they lost their bowl game to Liberty. Um, but if they want to have some respect, they're going to have to show that they can not only beat Kansas, but they have to show that they can beat them soundly. They have to show that they they, they they can beat them the way you would expect an above average Power 5 program to compete. Um, That'll be interesting. I'm looking down, dude. The line is 26 points for Coastal Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's insane. A G5 team over a G5. P5. I mean, Kansas yeah. is the worst team in all of P5, potentially all of I, I'd say and bottom coastal, five, you know. I, I don't know. Coastal schedule is really bad. Their schedule is really bad. Like, Kansas is 
actually the second best team on their schedule, which is sad to say. Their best team on the schedule is Appalachian State, so it's you know it's one of those things. Got Buffalo, it's Buffalo and App State, but not a lot on there. Yeah. Do you think they? Uh, do you think they cover Maryland right? I actually, speaking of wizard bets, I didn't think that line was high enough. I took it up to minus thirty-four. Oh my god! <laughs> minus thirty-four. That is bold. I like it. The reason why being, I mean, Coastal beat an FCS team by uh, whatever fifty-two minus fourteen. It was thirty-eight last week, and Kansas basically is an FCS caliber opponent. So I think they should win pretty easily. That's such a good line. I could see it though, because Coastal they do score a lot of points. I'm looking now. I mean, they scored like in the 50s pretty frequently last year, scoring in the 40s. So they could definitely put up points. And I mean, Kansas, like Randy said, it's just it's a dumpster fire. So this might be kind of fun just to watch like a G5 team just beat up on a P5 program. Kind of interesting. Kansas, uh, I, they're not even in year zero. They're in year like negative two. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like their coach though. He uh, used to coach for Wisconsin Whitewater. So I think I he can't can turn around. But it's a big task, though. It is a big task, for sure. If, if Les Miles couldn't do it, I don't know who will. But um, Shall we move on to a game that I think both me and Randy are really looking forward to this week? I'm, of course, talking about number 10, Iowa, at number 9, Iowa State. Um, <laughs> fans of the I show... I told you. Yeah. Fans of the show will know we have some extremely strong opinions about Iowa State, um, many of which I believe were somewhat justified last week when they scraped by a team they were, I believe, 31-point favorites over. Um, listen, Iowa State, with all due respect for them, their fans, the program, I, I just don't think they're actually the number nine team in the country. I don't think they're top 10. I don't even think they're top 25. And I think this week, man, Iowa's going to go into Iowa State and just completely outplay them in every aspect of the game. More physical, more more speed. It's just, I, I, I don't get the hype. I, can someone tell me? What, 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 what's with the hype for Iowa State? Anyone, please. So I just, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a good game. I think Iowa's going to win by like 20, 21, 28 points. I don't think it's even going to be close. I think Iowa's just going to completely eviscerate them and propel themselves probably into, like, the playoff discussion, honestly. Because Iowa, after this game, man, is going to have one of the best resumes in all of college football. Back-to-back ranked wins on the road. Well, um, I know um, before, in the couple of days before this recording, I have been getting a lot of a lot of talk from Randy about my feelings on Iowa State. <laughs> you know how I feel I'm about them. I'm not as high on them. Honestly, I'm not as high on them as I think the polls are. I think there may be, I don't know, maybe a 15 to 20 team right now in September, certainly. They're not not up there. Um, I think the hype around Iowa State is less about, you know, are they genuinely a playoff caliber team? Are they going to, you know, be able to beat someone like Alabama or Georgia if that is what ends up happening? I think it's more about, you know, they're the second best team in the Big 12. They have shown they can beat Oklahoma. You can draw up, you can convincingly say, you know, even if they're number 20 or number 25, there might not be enough, there not, might not be enough teams in their schedule that can beat them that would, you know, give them two or three losses. You can draw a path to the playoff for maybe a 15 or 20 ranked Iowa State, if that's, you know, truly where they are. 
Now, on the other hand, I think part of the reason they get that hype is because Iowa has gotten so much disrespect the past couple of years. Last year, starting this season with just a huge win over Indiana, 34-6. to True, true. Uh, I think, you know, Iowa deserves to be probably a top-10 team, and they should be Iowa State in my eyes. I'm saying I, they will, but that's what should happen. I'm saying they will. I Listen, I, Randy knows my thoughts on this. In fact, I think Randy might even be a bigger Iowa State hater than I am. But I am. I, I will say, <laughs> I, I really like Iowa this year, too. Like, I'm not just hating on Iowa State. I'm saying Iowa, the team, the Hawkeyes, that is, they're really good. They're, they're kind of flying under everyone's radar. I think they're the team to beat in the Big Ten West. And given Ohio State's kind of lackluster performance against Minnesota, I, I vaguely think they might actually have a chance at winning the Big Ten this year, um, which which actually kind of puts them in the playoff conversation. So I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how Iowa does in this big stage. This is definitely their biggest game of the year, uh, at least in the regular season. And again, and yeah, I'm, yeah, Randy. Yeah, I was going to say this game for me is more about Iowa than it is about Iowa State. I feel like no nobody is really talking about Iowa, and I think we're really doing a big disservice to them. I really think they can do something special in the Big Ten West this year too. They were so good last season, man. They were so good last year. Their two losses by like a total of five points. They won their last six games. Couldn't make a bowl game because of COVID. I mean, just people are sleeping on them, and I don't know why. Iowa is really damn good. Like, have you seen them play? They're like Wisconsin, but like actually disciplined. It's exciting to watch. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I really like that Indiana game. It, it feels like a really good proof of concept for what Iowa is to me. It. You know, it's basically about the best you can win with, you know, you had a quarterback who went 13 for 27, 145 yards, no passing touchdowns, and you win 34 to 6 against, you know, a ranked team. Maybe not a deserved to be ranked team, but a good team, a decent Indiana team. Yeah, I I think it's impressive. I I think, you know, you look at that and you can say, even if Spencer Petras, I don't know if he's going to improve that much this year, um, but I don't know if it matters. I mean, they can win without a quarterback. Well, they're, they're a classic Big Ten team. You know, really tough defense. You know they're going to run the ball. They're going to kill you on time of possession. They're going to be disciplined, not have a lot of turnovers, you know. And I, I just think because of that, they're pretty predictable. Like, we know what Iowa is. And because of that, we know they're probably going to be pretty damn good. So, this should be a good one. Looking forward to it. I, uh, I won't be able to watch it, though, live because I'll be at the game for uh, Wisconsin. But... I'll probably be looking at it closely on the ESPN app to try and keep track of the score <laughs> during my game. One game I wanted to bring up that's going to be, I think, a sleeper game is uh, UTEP. Uh, UTEP versus Boise State. Now, UTEP has been very bad. Um, the reason I bring this up is Boise State has officially applied for Big 12 membership. True. And, yeah, so, I mean, they're, they, they could be a power... Or, Actually, I don't think they apply for Big 12 membership, but they are trying to become a Power 5 team. But yeah, I think they will actually, be. I think they will be. Well, well so what we saw is that um, the Big 12 was looking to expand beyond the four teams that they mentioned, which is UCF, Cincinnati, uh, BYU. UCF, BYU. And they're going, they're, looking, they're looking to expand beyond those teams. So the Big 12 was actually looking to become one of those large conferences almost one of those weird large 
kind of in between Power Five, Group of Five conferences, and I think this will be a really good test game for that. And the thing with UTEP is they went three and five last year, and they actually looked weirdly improved. Um, if you remember in 2019, they went one and eleven. <laughs> yeah. 2018, they went one and eleven. 2017, 0 and 12. So this is a poverty program, but they're they're coming there. They're coming up. They're finding a way. We're, we're, we're going to see how they do, and especially with Brian Harson leaving for Auburn. Yeah, true. It'll be interesting this, to see. This UTEP team, I think UTEP, they could be probably a, you know, one of the worst teams, not necessarily in the bottom 10, maybe the bottom 25 or you know, bottom 40, something like that, and still make a bowl because their schedule really sets up well for that. You got New Mexico State, Bethune-Cookman, New Mexico, Old Dominion, and of course, you know, Conference USA uh, conference schedule. It's definitely a possibility. Um, I don't think, you know, Busy State, probably not the place to find one of those wins, but you never know. True. This is a pretty easy schedule, it looks like. I don't know. It just CS, CUSA teams, man, I don't have a lot of faith in them. I think Boise wins, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do with their new coach. Um, That all said, I do have one like like insanely hot take for like a final game this week that I wanted to get to. Unless, Did you have any other uh, games you wanted to predict, Randy, or, or Maladroit? Any games that kind of... I did interest. want to bring up UAB versus Georgia, um, because because of how the Georgia Clemson game went, I would be very interested to see how Georgia performs against UAB because UAB has been getting better. Um, but the whole program shutdown, that situation was really weird. Now, listen, I live in Birmingham, and so I can tell you with confidence that nobody cared about UAB before they shut down. It's, it's, just, it's just true. Nobody cared about, cared about them before they shut down. After they shut down, they actually have support. So good for them. Um, so I'll be interested to see how Georgia uh, puts away UAB. I think it'll be one of those games where it's we're going to see if they're actually able to just like comfortably not struggle at all against an above average group of five teams. Should be good. Looks like they're twenty four point favorites. Um, I I don't know. Like, I, I get that they're number two. There's a lot of hype, obviously, after beating Clemson. But uh, honestly, like, I wasn't. I didn't come away from the Clemson Georgia game like feeling that confident or impressed by either team. A- at least in terms of offense, it just felt like no, neither team could really just like get a drive going. You know what I mean? And I know defense obviously played a pretty big role in that, but. I mean, ultimately, Georgia scored three points in offense last week, and they're the number two team in the nation. I, just to me, like, something feels off about this, you know, in the big picture. Obviously, Georgia's really good, but yeah, it will be, it'll be good to see how they actually perform against a team where we can assume they're going to be able to put up way more points on the board. I got a couple games I'm looking forward to here. Sure. Um, and we can maybe go lightning round and just sort of, you know, brush on these real quick. Sure. Um, I'm interested in App State Miami. Uh, Miami coming off a very, very ugly loss against Alabama. Should be good. App State's um, good. App State's good. That State was... could win this one. Yeah. Um, Miami. I, I still believe Miami could win this. Um, I don't think you know. 
I don't know if they're a good team, but it's hard to say. I mean, when you when you face Bama, you're gonna look bad. Like I can't put too that's much stock in it. You know, it, it it was hard for me to really like say that Miami just looked bad. It's one of those things they looked frustrated and look. I don't want to sound arrogant, but sometimes I feel like when I watch Alabama that it's like my divine right. Like you know how medieval kings have like this divine right to where they're supposed to lead. Well, sometimes I feel like it's my divine right to just be a spoiled <laughs> football fan because we completely destroyed them. And that's not it wasn't about Miami. It was just we looked like yeah. a death machine. Yeah, it, I felt it, bad for them. It did so it's really hard played. to see how good Miami was based on that game. Right. Yeah, so this would be a good test to see actually who is the real Miami in a way. Yeah. And there's one of those teams where the you know the conversation about the hot seat, the coach, has gotten very weird over the years. As we're looking at, you know, Manny Diaz in his third season, just started his third season playing against number one Alabama, which we don't know that much about them yet, aside from that they're very, very good. I don't know if they're historically great. Um, I don't know if it's early enough to say Miami should play better than that. Um, but uh, we'll see. I, I do think at this point in his tenure, he should be in a program like App State, even a good you know G5 program like App State. Oh, for sure. That's just someone Miami. Just given their talent at Miami, I feel like at this point, if he loses, it comes down to coaching. You know, He's got his guys on the team now. There's really no excuse to lose that kind of game. I think one game I'm also looking forward to is going to be Texas and Arkansas. Yes. Um, yeah, so Texas and Arkansas, they actually both look decent in their uh, week one games. Granted, Texas, they beat a Louisiana Lafayette team that was a pretty good group of five team, and they looked good in that game. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, and Arkansas, granted, they played Rice. But these look like two teams that have not been very good recently that look like they are improving with new coaches. So I think this game will be very telling as to where these programs are and how they're going to look going forward. I I completely agree, and I'll say it. I got Arkansas. I got Arkansas Arkansas? winning at home. I really think think it's going to be a welcome party to the SEC, shall we say. Um, because listen, Texas is good. I think they actually are a decent program at this point, but like Arkansas, like playing in the SEC, like there's nothing Texas is going to throw at Arkansas that Arkansas hasn't seen before. You know, they're not going to be caught off guard by the athleticism or the speed or the toughness. Um, I I think it'll be close, but I I think Arkansas finds a way to win. I gotta disagree with you on that one. Um, Oh, lay it on me. I think, I think Texas one thing they can throw at Arkansas that Arkansas has seen this before, but I don't know if they can counter it yet. They beat Louisiana not because of talent. They beat them because they played smart, which surprised me from Texas because it's Texas. You know, for a, for a while, their whole thing has been, you know, they have the talent, but they don't have the coaching to fix it. Um, and I didn't think Steve Sarkeesian was gonna, you know, change things up that quickly. Um, but, you know, he took apart Louisiana. He, you know, that that is a team that likes to run the ball. He didn't let them run the ball. Um, even though, you know, he he has a defense that is structured around stopping the pass, not stopping the run. Made it an air game for Louisiana, which his team is really well built to deal with. Uh, I was going to it, say, 
I'm sorry. I was going to say I watched that game and it looked like Texas had a, they it was it looked like a very well coached team. Absolutely, yeah. So I uh, think Texas they, could actually do something this year, and that's something we kind of touched on in the last episode that Steve Sarkeesian and Texas very well, and we even touched about it on the first very first episode of the Jim Podcast. Yeah, uh, I know you're a big believer in Sark. I just uh, I'm not quite sold yet. I guess perhaps this game will convince not me. Sold yet. Perhaps this game will convince me. The thing is, Texas was really good at beating ULL up the middle. ULL has some really good cornerbacks. They don't have so much depth at safety. And Arkansas is a very similar team in that way. They got some great guys around the perimeter. They got Monteric Brown, Ladarius Bishop. They don't have a ton of depth up the middle. And Hudson Card and Texas were really good up the middle. So I think they win this uh, pretty comfortably. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, another game I want to bring up was Colorado versus Texas A&M. If you remember, Colorado actually, uh, they started out 4-0. They ended up 4-2, and and they went 4-1 and in the regular season and lost to Texas in their bowl game. Um, and they lost 55-23 to Texas. Um, I don't think they'd bring their quarterback back, but I think this will be a very interesting game because a lot of people are high on Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher being in his, what, fourth year yep. at Texas A&M. Um, so I think this will be a really good test for Jimbo to see where that program is. Yeah, I just, I don't know if they're number five. Like, I, they're really good. They're probably top ten. I, I just don't have, like, in my mind, they're not at all in that playoff picture. You know what I mean? Like, uh, to me, Bama and Georgia are still, like, in a tier above Texas A&M. But I also have no idea how good Colorado is. Yeah, and we're not going to know for a while, I feel like. I, I don't, even if Texas A&M wins, like, we'll just kind of brush it off as, like, uh, it's Colorado, they're, they're an okay Pac-12 team. thing with Week 2 is that, like, we have a lot of games that it's, it's very hard to actually give a reasonable prediction, and I feel like a lot of these results that we're going to see are going to make sense in hindsight. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. But I, no, I really do feel like we had a good, a very good general pulse on the season um, with the week win predictions. I feel like we had a lot of really good, just general idea of how the games are going to play out. One game I'm also uh, somewhat interested in is Florida State and Jacksonville State. Oh, you got a list here, man. Holy cow. <laughs> I do have a list. Florida State and Jacksonville State. The thing is, we had seven FCS over FBS uh, upsets in week one and that was massive i don't think we've ever had more than that in a single week ever mm-hmm. it it seems like the line between group of five teams and fcs teams versus power five teams is getting blurred more and more every year it does feel that way and jacksonville state's pretty good from my understanding right they're one of the better fcs programs out there they are a pretty good. Pro- well, I would I would like to point out they played UAB in week one and they lost thirty one to zero. Oh, <laughs> come on! There's no way Florida State loses that. I forgot about that. Yeah, but but I'm saying but I'm saying we can look at this game and it can give us a a pretty good idea of where some of these programs are at. And again, this all kind of does tie into week two is a very weird week. It's always a weird week. It is hard to really get a good idea of where these programs are at. So there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things to look at, yeah. especially with some of these games that may not look like great games on the surface, and there may not be a lot of there may not be a lot of things to talk about. 
necessarily at first. Right. But I think I want to bring these these games up, even though they're quote unquote lesser games, because I think there's a lot of things we can see that sure. we can look back on, that we can look back on and see, oh, that that makes sense. Right. You know? right. So I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to predict. Uh, what's going to happen and kind of see how the season's going to play out based on what I think. You're thinking long term. You're season. thinking long term here. I like that. Yeah, I'm thinking long term for the season. <laughs> Maladroit, what do you think? Any other games that cool. kind of pique your interest this week? Uh, just on Florida State and Jacksonville State, real quick. We shouldn't forget Jacksonville State had a 14 nothing and 21 7 lead against Florida State last year. So I wouldn't I wouldn't count <laughs> I them did out. I know that. Better. Oh my gosh! I'm looking this that up. Was, that was upset for a while before Jacksonville State had to come back, or sorry, Florida State had to come back to win that one. It's true. At one point, the win probability was like in Jacksonville State's favor, according to ESPN.com. That's wild. I totally forgot uh, about that game. <laughs> we're also gonna have Utah and uh, BYU. Yeah, yeah Utah and BYU. Holy war. The holy war and. I I'm actually I'm actually impressed with how much the state of Utah likes college football. I know, I right? Have to, I have to give it to them. I didn't realize how much their state was into the sport. I have to give it to them. Um, this will be very interesting because BYU is one of those teams that's going to join the Big Twelve and become a Power Five team. Yeah. Um. So it'll be very very interesting to see how this stacks up. There was what was it? There was a couple years ago where BYU and Utah they actually played in a bowl game. And let me see. Uh, you know, I will say while you're looking that up, um, one interesting thing is I am looking forward to like all four of the sort of new Big 12 teams and seeing how they do this week. You know, obviously with all the hype around you know, BYU, UCF, Boise, Cincinnati, it'll be interesting to see if they have like this kind of like new confidence in them, you know, now that they're going to be a, a Big 12 team in the very near future. Um, I feel like like there's gonna be like a microscope on all four of those teams throughout this entire season uh, to see if they're like legit or not or like you know kind of like warrant being a power team. It was 2015. I did want to bring this up. It was 2015 in the bowl game. Utah scored 35 points in the first quarter, and they started the game off 35 to zero, but they ended up winning the game 35 to 28. That's insane. That was an insane game. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> I would be okay if that happened again. I'd love to see a game like that happen in 2021. Yeah, for, for as much as there was to talk about in week one, there's really not a, a whole lot to talk uh, about that's in week not, two, like I said. That's not true, Randy. I do have one more game that I wanted to touch I, base on. I think I know where you're going with this. Do you? I think I know exactly where you're oh, going. Where are you going with this? Tell us, tell us Jimbo. My, my upset of the week. I made it wrong. It kills me to say this, but I am I'm locking in on this. This is my wizard bet this week. I haven't announced it yet, but it's going to be. Eastern Michigan will defeat the number 18 Wisconsin Badgers at home. And here's why. You're such a doomer. Um, you are such no, a doomer. No, no, and here's why. <laughs> give, me, give me just one minute. No. On the mic. I, need, I need the floor. Come on. I need to tell you. We are the most undisciplined team in the Big Ten. We it, he, Wisconsin will beat themselves. And here's the thing. Eastern Michigan, I, I got data back this up, Randy. Eastern Michigan has won their last three games against the Big Ten. Bet you didn't know that. They beat Rutgers, they beat Purdue, they beat Illinois. They haven't lost to a Big Ten team since 2014. Okay? The thing about Wisconsin, 
we are going to turn the ball over so many times that it doesn't matter if we have more yards. It doesn't matter if we get more first downs or have a greater time of possession or more red zone appearances, more rushing attempts, all this stuff. And, and Mel, I'm sure this is killing you because you're a data person, right? You love you love looking at the data and saying this team should win because they have more yards. They have all these stats, right? I'm saying with Wisconsin, none of that matters because we will have at least four or five turnovers in the game. I guarantee it. I'm 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 getting emotional just thinking about this. Just thinking about what's going to happen because it's like watching the death of a loved one like in slow motion. This program is in just complete shambles. Paul Christ will be gone at the end of the year, and the world we it's we're going to be the laughing stock of college football when we lose to Eastern Michigan. I swear to God, we are going to lose. You're a doomer, but I'm telling you, you have to be real. You're not going to lose to Eastern Michigan. I'm I don't think. You. I don't think. Listen, I don't think Wisconsin looked that bad. I think Graham Mertz actually looked very good. I think you, Wisconsin you looked very good. You cannot say that. He really. made he made some very good passes. I think at the end oh of the day, you just God. lost. You lost. You lost to a close. You lost a close game to a top ten team. Ready, and you just have to live with it. The difference between Wisconsin, like a guy like Graham Mertz, and say other teams, is Graham Mertz. He doesn't like get picked off because ah, uh, he had you know a, a bad judgment call on that pass. He didn't have enough zip on it. He gets picked off because he throws it right to the guy. Okay, he fumbles the ball because he fumbles the ball on the handoff to a, to a running back. Okay, it's it's completely self-inflicted. I will get on that. It's completely self-inflicted, and I'm telling the world's going to see more of it. I, I, I hate to go full de- doomer on this, but. I, I, I really don't believe we can win this game. I really don't. You don't think you can win it? Oh, come on. Maldroy, <laughs> back me up. You got the numbers. Back me up. Oh, I will say, if your prediction that Wisconsin is going to turn the ball over a lot, if that does turn out to be true, then it would be trouble. I mean, three turnovers this year, uh, this game against Penn State. Last time that happened, last year's 17-7 Northwestern loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time before that was the Rose Bowl loss to Oregon. <laughs> have to go back to 2019 Purdue 45-24 win for the last time you turned the ball over three times and didn't lose. Because, I mean, that will, you know, change a game, turn it on its head, you know. Last time before that, you know, lost to Minnesota in 2018. Before that, lost to Penn State. Before that, lost to Northwestern. If this happens, it's going to be a problem. Now, I don't know if Eastern Michigan is the kind of team to do that to Wisconsin, but... Uh, you know, I love that you had that it, data pulled it, up like instantly. I I love that. I feel like you've got all these like interesting data points that I would never even think to look up. <laughs> also, hey, one really cool game that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch is LSU plays McInnes State, and McInnes State's quarterback is Cody Orgeron, Coach O's son. Really? So, yeah, that'll be that'll be really fun to watch. I wonder what the uh, I wonder what the game planning is like for that. I mean, I wonder like what he's telling, what he's telling his defensive linemen <laughs> in the practice, during practice. I mean, I mean, it's it's got to be weird to watch your son get sacked by your own players. Yeah, like you want to go like easy on them, like you want to win, but you don't want to like embarrass them. You know what I mean? I think Coach O, Coach o is probably telling them go, 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 go as hard as you can on them, and then you know, you got to attack them. That's pretty good. You know how Coach o is. Yeah, that's just. That's all he talks, man. Yeah, yeah. He's no. he's probably not telling him to hold back. <laughs> That's how Cajuns are. So yeah, should have told him that last week against UCLA. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm sorry for going full doomer there, but it just had to be said. There's my wizard bet for the week. Um, I'll be at yeah, the game. 
I'll be at the game. So if we're losing, if we're down by like twenty, just like just feel free to ping me. I mean, I'll be. <laughs> I'll need but to wrap. To me. But to wrap up, I really think week two is one of those very weird weeks where it's a lot of the games don't look very interesting on the surface, and we're going to have to, and we don't have any real data to go off of. Mm-hmm. I mean, week one is interesting because because we can go back on last year's data. But week two, we can only go back on week one data, and then all of almost all of last year's data is thrown out the window. So it's it's very hard to really extrapolate a lot of data and talk about these week two games. So it's a lot of things we can bring up some talking points and say, hey, this is how we think we're based on how these games could turn out could be telling for how the season could turn out. Yeah, I'd agree. That's what I think week two is all about. I will say. Uh, Jimbo, um, I, my prediction actually was not correct on what upset you had in mind. Oh. Although, I did have, I was looking at, I thought you were going to go to a different Mac team over Big Ten team <laughs> in Ball State over Penn State. No, there's no way in hell. <laughs> Is that what you got? Oh, man. Uh, I, 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 don't, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by Ball State um, having... You know, apparently dealt with some of their demons last year. They had a lot of bad close game luck up until that point. But, you know, how much can we trust the data from 2020 at this point? I never realized, but they went, I what, like 7-1 last year? Something like that, yeah. That's wild to me. I think um, they finished on a long winning streak as well after losing their first game. Yeah, they lost their first game by 7 and then went on to win their following 7 games, which is pretty impressive. Um, um, interesting to watch. And... As the resident uh, Tennessee fan, I do have to just throw a real quick pit at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I don't actually do that game. Um, and I expect, first game as a student, and I expect nothing less than a complete horror show. I, I expect it to be like 13 to 12, decided no. by a 2 Oh, come on. no. Come on, it's Pitt. It's Pitt. Listen, it's, listen. Yeah, exactly. It's Pitt I'll, in Tennessee. I mean, I you couldn't draw it up any better. TV. That's funny. Is this your first like college game ever that you're going to? I've been to a few. I've been to a couple Tennessee Georgia games and an Auburn game, but this is the first one I'm going to as a student. Yeah, it's like first time like a student section specifically. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting, man. I- I'm telling you, like student section games. Like I still remember my first Wisconsin game as a student. It's it definitely hits different. I'd say student section is awesome. It's yeah. just it brings that it's that whole atmosphere that makes college football special is being in the student section. I'm, You're gonna I'm, love it. I'm so excited yeah. for you. Do you know all the chants? Are you ready for like all the traditions? And Are you stuff, ready? <laughs> uh, I grew up on you know good old Rocky Top and all that. I, I know that. <laughs> That's good. I, mean, yeah, I, I will say Maladroit. So we had this game. I don't know if you guys played it. Uh, if you guys played it in two, but in elementary school, I remember we had this game in elementary school where we would start with our thumbs up. If you were an Alabama fan, you would start with your thumbs up and you would say Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn University, and you would go thumbs up thumbs sideways and thumbs down if you were an auburn fan you would start with alabama on the thumbs down so you'd say alabama tennessee auburn university i've not heard of that oh uh, not heard of that game we played that all the time in elementary school it was fun scc right there holy cow yeah it just means more it just means more i guess (laughs) it just means unfortunately i grew up in georgia country so i had to deal with that for the first 18 years or so you're, thankfully, okay. I'm, now I'm at 
the best university in the world. Well, you're certainly in like the coolest university library in the world. I'll say that the this John C. Hodges building that you're recording this in, folks. If you're listening to this, just go to Google and search for John C. Hodges. I can't get over it. This is the coolest looking library I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, are people like walking by you? Are people walking by you and stuff? Or are you like have your own private area? I'm in sort of a little recording booth. Uh, Really nice, actually. I'm got a lot of equipment here. If I want to play some MIDI piano, I can do that. It's oh, nice. okay, I got you. That is fun. College is fun. I'm uh, I'm happy for you, man. I'm 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 looking forward to all these games this week. But I'll keep this in mind. Certainly, Tennessee, knowing that you'll be there at your first student game. It's special. I hope you guys win. I don't like Pitt. No one likes Pitt. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be rooting for Tennessee on that one. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you again for uh, making it up to the show today. Really appreciate it. You had some great insight, certainly. I mean, you've got great fun. You've got so much knowledge. I feel like of stats and just numbers and data. I don't know how you do it. I'm impressed. Shouts out to Tur- Turst, by the way. Shouts out. Very impressed by that system. Turst. Um, totally experimental ranking system for everybody. A little less experimental nowadays, but it's good stuff. That's usually how I take a look at games. Yeah. And congratulations on the job, by the way. Um, for those who don't know, um, you can find uh, Seventh Day Adventure is my weekly college football preview column, and that's up on Friday afternoons at uh, Football Outsiders. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so happy for you. I Seriously, it's, like, so cool to, like, <laughs> just, like, see people on CFB, like, actually, like, really get into this stuff, like, like professionally. You know what I mean? Like... For you to actually be like getting paid as a writer now for this stuff is is so cool to see. Because I'm telling you, I've been a fan of your work for like the longest time. The Terrace, your giant posts, you know, corn sport, all that fun stuff. So really excited to uh, you know see you going to college, get this job, coming to the show, all this fun stuff. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy, and uh, hopefully this enthusiasm carries over to uh, this weekend with college football. Absolutely. All right. Thanks Looking once again. Randy, thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Valadroit, for coming on. It was a pleasure. Pleasure's online. All right. Almost Conference, Roll Tide. God bless America. God bless America. Both.